Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was just driving it. Yep, driving it. And I'm going to try. Slide will be up on your screen. It's uh, the uh, disaster relief, uh, disaster response uh, team of the Christian Church, and they sent us an email, and they have some urgent needs. If you guys haven't heard, Eastern Kentucky, um, the mountain area, got hit with uh, the worst flooding they've ever seen. Eight or nine inches of rain in 24 hours. That's bad anywhere, but for them in Eastern Kentucky, in the mountains, it's it's devastating. And I, uh, maybe you've seen pictures, maybe you've seen videos, but I've seen some of the stuff on, online. And, I, I, you know, I've been to some of those places. My dad was born down there in the mountains, and I visited a lot growing up in that area. And to say the people that live in eastern Kentucky don't have a whole lot, that's an understatement. Um, most people, they don't really have anything to begin with. And now they've got even less. Uh, and it hurts to see that. It hurts to see places that you've been and people, you know, my dad has some people sit still down there that he knows. They just lost everything. The flooding overnight, it happened. And um, last time I checked, it was 30, 30 plus on the death toll. And, and, you know, it's just sad. And they've sent some stuff they need help with. They, they, they're desperate for help down there. If you want to go down there, you can help. Um, but you can also send money. You can send things. Uh, they be, began accepting volunteers uh, Saturday, August 20th. That was yesterday. Um, you can register ahead of time. Volunteer registration will be up on Friday on their website, which I'll give you in a minute. But uh, you, can, you have an opportunity to go down there and change some lives and, and make an impact. If you're available and you want to help, um, they need help. So the areas that'll be, that, that they're doing down there is, um, you know, just cleaning out houses. It says mucking out houses, shoveling mud, tearing out drywall, pulling of nails, uh, taking up floors. Uh, they need help cooking, if you can cook. Um, help cook for volunteers and people in the community. A lot of cleaning, um, a lot of places where people are staying right now, the community centers, the churches, the buildings they've opened up for people to stay. They need to be cleaned and, and taken care of. Um, data entry, that's just anybody could kind of do that. If you want to help out with that, you can go and, and be at a computer and type in all the, all the data, all the people that they've helped and the volunteers that are coming in. Um, just power washing outside of houses, putting down new flooring, hanging and finishing drywall. All these things are things that they need down there. Uh, it's going to be an expensive effort also. They're just going to have to rebuild entire towns. Uh, entire lives were changed. And so if you want to donate, you can do that at, at church, churchesofchristdrt.org. Um, if you want to write that down, you can talk to me later. You can get that again. And I also have an address and, and where you can send donations um, by mail also. So if you have a calling or you feel led to give or even go down and help, um, we can get you that information uh, this week if you reach out to us at church or see me after service and I can get you more information about that. But they really wanted us to talk about that this morning, um, urgent need down in eastern Kentucky, which kind of leads me to my next thing I'm going to talk about this morning. Uh, recently, we went on a mission trip, uh, our students did, and in, in four adults. I'm just going to talk about our mission trip a little bit this morning. And it was a cool experience. We went to western Kentucky, so we were on the opposite side of the state. And Kentucky is really long. It's, it's, the mo it's the best state ever, by the way. If you've never been, you should go and visit. Um, I love Kentucky. Ohio is pretty good. It's second. Uh, but Kentucky, it's top of my list. I'd never been to the western part of the state before, so it was cool to go down there and see. We were by Paducah and that area um, over there. But we also knew we were helping... Um, this, this, this town over there that got hit by tornadoes back in December. You might have heard the big tornadoes that came through about five states over that way. And western Kentucky was hit, one of the hardest hit places. Uh, there's a little town called Mayfield that we were working in. 
and it was just the whole downtown. It was a historical downtown, and it took out the courthouse, the police station, the fire department, the post office, all their, all their things that you need to run a small town was just gone in the blink of an eye one night. The tornado was huge. It was like a mile wide. It was on the ground for over 200 miles over several states. And so we got the opportunity to go down and see some of the damage, and we did some cleanup. And it was cool to be over there. But right before we went is when this flooding happened in eastern Kentucky. And actually, while we were there, um, we got to load trucks and load pallets that were heading to the other part of the state to help out those people. So we, we kind of got to do a little bit of both, which is a cool opportunity. But we took, um, took eight students with us, and we took four adults, and we had a really, really great trip. Uh, I took Amber Carnes with me. Um, I took Jim Hughes, and um, we drove down, and we took uh, our friend Frank. He's from Kenton, but we love Frank, and we're glad that he came with us. Uh, Where's Frank? Hey, Frank. <laughs> um, but Frank, you know, he's, he, he wanted to do something this summer to serve. He, was, he felt like God was calling him to serve in some way. And he's friends with Rick Kennedy. And Rick came to me and was like, you know, my, you mind meeting Frank? And he, he's really looking for something to do. And me and Frank talked. And um, right away, I knew he would be a great fit for our trip and hang out with our students. But he was a little apprehensive. He's like, I don't know, teenager trip. Uh, they're kind of weird sometimes. I was like, yeah, but... I think, I think you'll be okay. So he prayed about it. He thought about it. And he called me back. He's like, I'm going to do it. And I was like, I'm glad you're going to do it, Frank. And so we had, uh, we had every, all of us go down. And I, I've gone on a lot of trips as a student pastor. I've been in student ministry for 10 plus years in some form or fashion. And I've done a lot of trips. I've done a lot of places. And I, I told people this was the best trip that I've been on, I think, overall. Um, the people that we took with us, the ways that God showed up and did things in our lives, and we got to help people. We grew together. Um, we built relationships with each other. It was a great trip. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, and you can see the pictures behind me. I guess they've been playing for a few minutes. I didn't even notice, but these are some of the pictures uh, from our trip and some of the students and just places that we went and things that we saw. We showed up, and we stayed in this church. Well, the whole trip was uh, God showed up and made this trip happen, um, we had some people get sick, uh, some things happened where some of our people that were going to go with us couldn't, couldn't go anymore, and, and in like two days before, we didn't know if we were going to get to go on this trip at all, uh, if we'd have enough people to drive and take us down and enough people to chaperone, and so you might have gotten a call from me if you were a female adult on Thursday before asking if you could go on a trip on Saturday, <laughs> we did, that was Amber Carnes, I called her on Thursday afternoon, I said, can you go on a week-long trip with us next week, and she said, let me think about it, and she said, yes. And I'm so glad she said yes, and so is she. Um, we got to go on this trip, and God showed up and did amazing things. And I'm going to read the, this letter from Amber that she gave to me to read. Um, she, I asked if they had anything that they wanted me to share, some of our students and adults, and Amber handed me this letter. Um, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, on May 8, 2016, John Watkins was still considered our new pastor and was preaching a series about, It's Not All About John, Living the 316s. On this particular date, he was preaching about 1 John 3.16, and it says this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. John had emphasized that means we have wants and needs that we need to set aside for others. She goes on to write, When I was initially asked to go to Kentucky, all I could think about was how much I had been gone this summer and how I didn't know if I could get away again. It was hesitant. I was hesitant. And I was praying, it was, it was the above verse that kept coming back to me. I told Cody I would go, and while that verse discusses moving our wants and needs, our lives aside to help others, that is our physical wants and needs, spiritually the trip to Kentucky was what I needed 
and God knew that. I saw him show up so much that week. The way people came together to worship, to fellowship, and working without expectation. All his glory. All in his glory, she says. And so I got this letter this morning from Amber, and I'm happy she gave it to me to read to you guys, because it, it kind of sums up how I felt about the trip. It was, it was put together by God. And, you know, I had a, this year's been weird. There's been a lot of things going on, um, health concerns, uh, family things, and just a lot of stuff that we've been doing in ministry, and a lot of stuff with students, and it was, it's, sometimes you get tired. And so before this trip, I was excited about this trip. I was like, I get to go to Kentucky. What better place could I, could I get to go? So I'm going to take these students, and, and uh, I offered to buy them some Kentucky shirts and stuff, but they didn't really want any, the Wildcats down there. Um, I was like, Jonas, you want a Wildcat shirt? He declined. He said, no, thank you. Uh, but I was excited for this trip, but the closer it got, I really didn't want to go. Uh, to be honest with you, I was like, uh, it's, a, it's a long trip there. It's seven hours to drive, and we're going to do a lot of things. And I'm sure it'll be good, but I was tired. I really didn't feel like going. You ever been like that where you don't feel like doing something for God? You've, I don't know, it's been a long year. It's been a, a rough time, and you just don't, you don't feel it. You're like, God, I love you, but I don't feel like it. And so that's where I kind of was, honestly, before this trip. And so I told them that the last night we were there, I talked to, talked to our group, and we were there with another group from Wisconsin, about 13 people from Wisconsin plus 12 of us, and we had the best week. And I told them, you know, I didn't really want to go on this trip, but I'm so glad that we ended up coming. I'm so glad that I was there um, because what Amber said, you know, God showed up and did amazing things on this trip, and he knew that we needed to be there, especially me. And so... Thank you for supporting us on our trip. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for letting your students go, um, letting your students join us in our trip. And so some of the stuff you see up here going on, oh, yeah. We were helping clean out a church while we were there. We went to a few churches uh, around the area, and we were helping them do things that they needed um, after they've been headquarters for disaster relief. They just had some stuff that needed to be done. And so... We did a few things like that, and I found that blanket, and it was a giant, soft Kentucky blanket, and I was wearing it around the church like a cape uh, for some reason, and I went to the, the pastor's wife of the church, and I said, where did this come from? And she's like, you can have that if you want it, and I was like, oh, okay. I don't know if she was joking or not, but I put it in my car um, <laughs> right away, so they weren't Kentucky fans. They were from Florida originally, and so I was like, you guys don't need this. You really don't, so I took it as a souvenir. She told me I could. Um, that's all we're going to say about that. Um, but you can see some of the damage that we were looking at in Mayfield, Kentucky. Uh, the first day we got there, we drove around downtown and just saw, you just see slabs of concrete where buildings used to be, nothing left, piles of debris still everywhere. And this was seven months ago, this tornado came through. And so we did a lot of cleanup. We did a lot of help in the community. We went with a group called Praying Pelican Missions on my shirt. Um, and Praying Pelican goes in to areas, and they partner with the local churches. So it's, it's this, they, they go in, and they, they, they partner with local churches, with pastors in the area, and they, don't plan, they plan on coming back. They plan on coming back year after year and helping in these communities, um, no matter what they need, and helping these churches, helping them grow, and building partnerships. So it's not just you come in for a week, and you're gone, and you never see them again. Praying Pelican will be back here again and again, and they'll continue to build this partnership. 
And that's why I love this ministry and what they do. Uh, they had great leaders. Uh, we showed up and they had three staff members there to be with us all week. Uh, they put together all the things that we did. And we just uh, went with them and did what they said. There's Frank in the back of a truck uh, using a, a jack and putting water in. And then you see places like this and just you can see the path of the tornado came through. And just empty spots, empty places like this. And so we were out in the community uh, serving. We went to people's houses um, and we helped them clean up their yards. Uh, the first day I was there, I went to uh, Al and Kimberly's house. And um, there's Marina Fox, and she's using a sledgehammer for the first time, busting up some concrete and things. Um, we taught her how to use a sledgehammer after the first couple swings. I was like, whoa, <laughs> calm down. Uh, but we, th- our students worked really hard. They got up every day. We went out from 9 to 5 usually, and we just worked in warehouse- warehouses, uh, people's yards, churches. Um, we went to a, a place called Min- Mercy Chefs. Um, but anyway, we went to Al and Kimberly's house, and uh, I was talking to Al, and just hearing the stories of people that experienced this natural disaster, this tornado that came through, it was heartbreaking. It was also really cool to hear their stories and how they dealt with it and how, you know, they're moving forward, and they're so thankful that we're there to help them and, and that God's still with them, and they can see the love of Christ through what we were doing for them. And we had conversations like that all week. We met people. And he said uh, his house was built in the 1890s. And I was like, that's a long time ago. And he's like, I bought it 30 years ago. And he redid it and gutted it from the inside out um, about 30 years ago, all himself. And then he told me the night the tornado came through, he was on his back porch. And he was looking at it, and it was coming. And he said he'd never seen anything like it. It was huge. He said it was scary. It was about a mile wide on the ground. You could barely tell what it was. And he said about the time my garage started to fall apart and crumble before my eyes, I ran back in the house. And him and his wife uh, survived. Their house was totally destroyed. And then they ran across the field to get to his mom's house. And they couldn't get in the house. They had to crawl through a window to get to her. And it was just all happened in like five seconds. His whole everything gone in just the blink of an eye. And so you heard story after story of this, this, this happening. But it was so encouraging also to see what God was doing in people's lives how he put us there to talk to these people, to help them out, and just really, really great week of work. We went to the fairgrounds, some of us did, and we just moved pallets, and we stacked things, and we had it. Their fairgrounds was a distribution center, um, and people would come there, and they could get clothes. You can see pictures of, of up here on the, on the screen, um, the warehouse, just full of just items that had been donated and, and clothes, and we sorted through some of that stuff, and we got to help people the last, we were there for the last day, they let people come in to grab, they get bags, they're like, here's a bag for you, here's a garbage bag, uh, about this high off the ground when it was full, full of clothes and stuff usually, and what we did is we helped people go through, and then we also helped them uh, carry their bags out to their cars, just full of donations and stuff that they could take with them, and when we took them to their cars, we got to pray with them, we got to be like, this is what we're here for, we're just here to show you God's love, And, and some of our students got to pray with people they didn't even know. And they did awesome. And it was just really cool to see the growth, the, uh, you know, how everybody came together and did things. And so you see um, up here on the screen more pictures of the chef place that we went to. We got to cook food and, uh, and hang out. And Chef John was really cool at Mercy Chefs in Paducah, Kentucky. And he said he has done, he got there in January right after the tornado happened. And he has done 80,000 meals from January until, is that right, Jim? He said 80,000 meals? Yeah. 
And he said that is enough to feed a family of four, three meals a day every day for 14 years, I think he said. So he's put together a lot of meals, and it's just they, they make food all day, and they package it up and send it out to people that need it. We got to take it to uh, a little strip of trailer park that still people have nowhere to go. They're displaced. They have no home, so they have these rows of trailers that they're living in right now. Um, and we got to take them food, and we took volunteers' food, and we passed out food. And so we did a lot of things. Um, we did a lot of things, and we were busy. But we also had fun. There's Gage in the river uh, chasing ducks on our last day. I looked down. I was like, Gage, get out of the water. <laughs> but you can see him. He's got his shorts hiked up. Anyway, uh, there's our group picture. We had a great time. Um, the, minish, the, the mission trip was a success, and I'm really glad that we got to go on it. Thank you for supporting us and praying for us on our trip. Um, we appreciate that. I just wanted to give you an update, talk about it. I know you've heard me talk about it all summer. We were going on this trip. I thought it'd be good to give you a little bit of information about what we did while we were there. And so um, I want to talk a little bit about our student ministry right now. Um, it's really great. I've been, this is my, it's going to be my fourth picnic at Rush Church. Hard to believe that I've been here for over three years now. Um, but I love it here, and I'm so glad that this is where God has put me. Uh, it's a great place to be. Um, I even like Rushylvania, living here in a small town. It's what, I, it's what I'm used to. It's what I like. Uh, I, I like being here. I, I love this church, and just seeing students and kids being a priority for you guys is huge. And so I want to talk a little bit about uh, my student ministry, where we're at, some new things that are coming up. Um, first of all, I do 7th through 12th grade, if you're unaware, and we're always talking about new things to do, not just for the sake of doing something new, but what is beneficial, what is going to be good for our students, what is going to be good for our church. Um, my wife, Erica, helps me out a lot. We talk, we talk all the time about student stuff, things that we could do, um, new things, uh, improvements, and we're just always talking, always wanting to be better uh, for our students. And so... We've, we've redone Collide, our Sunday night program this year. We have small groups that we have, and we have a good team of leaders, adults that are helping out, um, showing up every Sunday night and hanging out, with, uh, hanging out with our teenagers. And so Collide's going really well. Um, and so we have a, I have a teach a class on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock for 7th through 12th grade, and it's gotten pretty big. Um, Jonas has been in there. We've got like 30-plus kids a lot of the time, and it's just, uh, it's growing, but the space we have back there, it, it can't grow anymore the way we're doing it. So I thought of a way, what could we do to maybe loosen up some space, but also have a better teaching environment? What's beneficial for our students? And so on September 11th, we're going to switch up and do two different classes. Um, first service is going to be 7th uh, through ninth graders, and second service is going to be 10th through 12th graders. Um, we got a little bit of an age break there, and we'll have smaller numbers and I'll be able to teach a little bit differently in each, um, depending on the needs of a 7th grader and the needs of a 12th grader. They're a little bit different. <laughs> They're not the same. So I'll be able to teach a, a different style, and, and I think it'll be really beneficial for everybody involved. But I wanted to be aware, and you're going to hear a lot about it in the next couple weeks, that we are switching this up. We will have two classes on Sunday morning. Um, so be aware of that. Be aware of uh, some of the changes that we have going on. And if you have a student in 7th through 12th grade, uh, I need your email address so I can get you hooked up on our Hubs app. Some of the people in here have used Hubs for a few months now. I enjoy it. It's really good. It's how I put all of inf information out for student ministry stuff. So if we have something coming up, something's canceled, something changes, um, you can have it all in one spot. 
There's a calendar in there. There's announcements that you can comment. You can uh, do different things with that. So I want everybody to be on the same page. So if you have a 7th through 12th grader or if you just want to know what's going on with the students of Rush Church, you're more than welcome to be added to that also. Um, Communication is important. I want everybody to be on the same page. The last thing is um, I'm always looking to grow my volunteer team for our students. I want more people involved from our church. Uh, I think it's beneficial to, to the more people we have involved, the better for our students. And so another, if maybe, you know, you've heard me talk, we have small groups at Collide, and you go in and hang out with teenagers. Maybe some of you guys don't really like teenagers too much, <laughs> or you think they're, you know, it's kind of scary. But if you want, are looking for a way to serve our students, and you really don't want to be like in a small group or, or teaching or anything like that, or talking, uh, discussing, like you can, I'm going to start a uh, um, a meals program on Sunday nights. We're going to have a meal before Collide. At 5.30 to 6, we'll have meal time. We'll hang out. We'll all be together. We'll have a small meal before we start. And so if you're interested in joining the meal team, that's one way that you can serve our students. You can put together a small light dish and come and serve and hang out with us beforehand. Um, Maybe get to know some of our students better. They love food. I love food, so it'll be great. Um, I just wanted you to be aware of that. Come and talk to me if you're interested in uh, being a part of that meal team. I think it's a good way to, to open up a door, a unique way to serve our students. So all that to say, this morning, to, to close this all out, I just want to talk about passing on our faith. And I have a slide and one verse. Um, so pass the faith is what I called this mini sermon real quick. And... Uh, and so the verse is from Psalm 145. It's the next slide. Maybe. There it is. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. And so the idea of passing on our faith to our family, passing on our faith to our kids, and leaving them something that they can take. Um, and so when you think of passing things on in your family, you think of passing on like family heirlooms, things that you really want your kids to have or take, take with them. Um, some things that we pass on we don't even mean to pass on uh, Timmy likes the Kentucky Wildcats because he grew up watching them with me he grew up watching them on TV and cheering for them for me so that's why he is the way he is uh, <laughs> but you know we, we pass on things to our kids and sometimes we pass on the wrong things or we're not intentional about what we want them to learn from us and we're not perfect sometimes we mess up, we make mistakes and so they see that too uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that are, aren't true about passing on our faith to the next generation, things that we might have heard that just aren't true. Um, passing on your faith in Jesus and in, in your, your belief in him and your love for him doesn't just happen by itself. Just because you love Jesus doesn't mean your kids are going to automatically love Jesus too. Just because they're in the same house as you and they're around you all the time, just because you do it, it doesn't just happen by itself. It's not like they grow up their whole lives and they go through middle school and high school and they get done, and you love Jesus, and so they love Jesus too. It has to be intentional. You have to, you have to work at it. Um, it doesn't just happen by osmosis, by just being around them. Um, so faith matters. Uh, our children don't always see our best side. Like I just said, we're not perfect. They may catch the wrong values displayed in the moments of our weakness that we have. So we have to be intentional. Just can't assume they're going to love Christ because... We do, and we say, and we say that we do. The other thing is, it's not the job of the church to make sure your kid loves Christ. We can help. 
we can support you. We can be there for you. But they're, with, they're, in, they're in your home. They're with you most of the week. I see your students maybe three hours a week, if that, in, in here in this building. Um, it's, not, it's not my job. It's not my responsibility to make sure that students uh, love Christ and that, and that they believe in him and they follow him. Sure, I want them to. Yeah, I would love that. And I'll help them, and I'll, I'll do what I can and support them, and I'll try my best to teach them. But the, the main place they're going to get it from is from, from you guys, their family, their parents, their grandparents, the people that they're around all the time. Uh, the reality is that you're present much more in your child's life than any of the church leaders possibly could be. I love going to games. I love going to sporting events. I love being where students are at. But still, it's not as much as you, you guys are around them. And so the other thing that's not true is it's not worth the effort of trying, and that's just not true. Adolescence is a season of transitions into independence, and sometimes there'll be a little bit of pushback. (laughs) There'll be some rebellion. There'll be some things that you try to teach your students or your kids, and and they don't like it, or they don't want to do it, or they, you know, they mess up, or they make mistakes, but it doesn't mean it's not worth to keep trying keep trying to instill our values and make an effort to show them who God is through our lives. Uh, Continually make efforts to pass on our faith to our children. Um, And so the idea of Timothy in the Bible is a good example. Um, Timothy, you see, uh, really learned a lot from Paul, and Paul writes to Timothy a few times, and and Paul loves Timothy. And how did Timothy get started? Well, it's mentioned a few times that his household was a household of faith. And you just, you see that Timothy grew up and he learned from his mom and his grandmother and he got his faith from them. And then he went on and did great things with that faith uh, with Paul and in the church. And so you see several times where faith begins in the home. And so I think it's important. Each generation must be taught who God is and what he has done for us. This idea of one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. We have to keep it going. We have to keep passing the faith to the next generation. And I think it's important. I think it's super important that we do this. Uh, Passing on our faith begins in the family and in the home. And some things real quick that you guys can do uh, is like, what can I do? What can I do better uh, as parents? And so first thing is pray. Obviously, prayer is important. Prayer is powerful. I believe prayer can change lives. And so it's easy to say, yes, I'll pray. I'll pray for my kids. What are you praying for, though? Are you being intentional about it? Um, Timothy was on on Paul's prayer list. Paul made it regular practice to pray with a list and to to at least mention in prayer those who were precious to him. So he went through this all the time, and Timothy was on his list. And we pray for more than just blessings and protection. We pray for them to grow in wisdom, uh, applying difficult experiences to life choices. Pray that they would experience the fullness of Christ. Pray that their friendships be healthy and positive influence. Pray that they make good friends. Pray that they make good decisions. Pray that they are protected, yes, and that they they grow closer to Jesus, yes. Pray for their uh, future, what comes in the future, who they'll meet, what they're going to do. And also pray for your kids, but pray for yourself to have wisdom and know what to do and what to say in certain situations. Um, So prayer is important, but how we pray and what we pray for it's just as important also. And the last two things is you look for teachable moments. This is what I do in my ministry, and I want you guys to do it in your homes too. Look for teachable moments. Teens learn through experiences, like most people. But teenagers learn through experiences a lot. 
Um, use things that they have. Use TV shows that you watch together, movies, uh, news, current situations um, that you're going through as a family. Talk about them. Discuss these things. Point out God's character in these different places that you see it. Um, you know, maybe have a Bible study together. Read it, read it, you know, talk about what they talked about in my class or at Collide or in the backyard. Um, talk about things that they learn here at the church as a family together. This will help. Look for teachable moments where you can pass on Jesus to them in everyday life. And then the last thing is create teachable moments. That's important too. Look for them, but also you can create them. You can make them happen. You can make teachable moments happen. Uh, take initiative to talk about God in different ways, in different family gatherings where you talk about church and you talk about God and you talk about your faith. Um, so, and passing on our faith begins in the family home and, and, and all these different things and adds knowledge through the larger. But we add knowledge through this larger community of faith in the church. So it starts in the home, but then say I'm talking right now, I'm talking to parents, but now I'm talking to the church as a whole and, and what we can do to help what can, what can we do to help grow their faith also? So we have parents doing these things at home, and then we come behind them as a church, and we support them, and we support the kids. And So what can you do if you don't you know, really have a, uh, a student at home or a kid at home anymore, um, or you just don't have, uh, part, they're not, don't have somebody part of the student or children's ministry at Rush Church? You can still make a difference. You can still have things to do. Um, seek out a teenager you don't know. Introduce yourself. Say Hi. Ask them about the mission trip. Ask them about what we're doing at Collide. Ask them about upcoming youth things that we're going to be doing. Uh, and really be authentic. Mean it. You can't just be like, oh, Cody said I had to go talk to a teenager, so I'm going to go say hi. You have to, like, <laughs> you have to want to. Uh, you have to want to know them. You have to want to get to know them. Um, say hi. Ask them how, how things are going. Um, and then do that a few times. Find that same student Sunday after Sunday or whenever you're here, whenever you see them, be like, hey, Jonas, how's it going? How's soccer going? Or, or how, how is this? I, I said Jonas a lot, but he's right here in front of me, so he's just there. Um, but you can do that. Those are things that you can do, and it lets them know that they're cared about, that somebody notices them, and that they're loved in this building. Um, and so pray. Pray for, pray for our students. Um, I can give you a list of students' names if you want to have somebody that you pray for every day, uh, every week. Um, just different ways that we can do that. Uh, and I just really wanted to set the tone and be like, passing on the faith in our families, in our homes, is something that we need to work on. And maybe, you, maybe as a parent, you're like, I'm not even, I don't really, my, I need to work on my faith first. And maybe that's okay. Maybe you're not that close to Christ right now. Maybe you don't have that good a relationship with God. But work on it yourself first so that you can pass it on to your kids so that you can do better. And I know there's tons of ways that I can do better at that too. Just wanting to show our kids who God is, show them that he's a loving God, that he cares about them, that they're valued, and we can, we can make it happen. And so passing the faith, not just for the future, I'm always about this, it's, you know, passing the faith to our kids, making sure that they know who God is, know who Christ is for the future, but also for right now. I always tell my students this, that God wants to do amazing things in their life at this very moment, wherever they're at, seventh grade, you know, fourth grade, any... God can use, God doesn't care about age. He doesn't care how old you are, how young you are. He wants you to step up and do things for him right now. So passing the faith, not just for the future, but this is about right now also. 
pass on your faith so that your student has opportunity to go into their schools, um, be stronger in their faith, talk to their friends, um, and just love God and, and, and know who Jesus is. So all that to say is passing the faith something we need to work on and do better at. And I really wanted to just talk about that this morning because talking about our mission trip, talking about my student ministry, I really, really love your students. I love what I do. And I want to see them succeed, and I want to see them do great things. And I want to be there to help you along the way. And so if you ever need advice or anything like that, or you, you're stuck, or you feel like or you just want to talk about stuff, um, you know, I can, I can help you and be a resource. But when it comes to passing on our faith, it starts in your homes. It starts as a family. And so whether that's your kids, your grandkids, or just, you know, we have tons of students in this church that could really use you. Um, so I'm going to pray, and Wes is going to come up, and Wes and the gang and the band are going to play our final song. Um, thanks for being here this morning. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for caring about our students. Thank you for... Um, supporting me and Erica and what we do and uh, just really appreciate you guys and I'm going to pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you love us. Thankful for opportunities to serve you, to get closer to you and to just share who you are with those around us. Thank you for our students in this place and the this church is so great at supporting our kids and, and our teenagers. Thank you for Jesus, and I thank you that he poured out his love and, and grace for us on the cross and didn't have to, but he wanted to, so that we could have a relationship with you and that we could continue to pass that on as we go through life to those who need to know you and need to know your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You stand and join us.
stuff happening, lots of announcements going on. Just check those out. Uh, I'm going to pray and we'll get out of here. God, thank you so much uh, for this day again. Uh, thank you for Rush Church. Thank you for people here this morning. Just love you so much. Thank you for opportunities to get to be closer to you, to worship you. And we just thank you for Jesus. Thank you for that love and that grace. His name we pray. Amen. of Christ uh, up there. That's their logo thing. Um, if you guys haven't heard, eastern Kentucky uh, in the mountain area was hit with flooding like they've never seen before. Uh, imagine eight or nine inches of rain in a 24-hour period. Just that's a lot for most places. That's devastating in most places, especially in the mountains of Kentucky. Um, it's just devastating to those people that live there. Several counties were impacted uh, the death, death toll is rising. It was over 35 last time I saw it, I believe. Um, but those, the people that live in eastern Kentucky, uh, my dad was born down there uh, in the Hazard area in Whitesboro. You've seen on the news all the pictures and stuff. And, and some of those places I've been growing up, like I remember visiting those places. And I know people of eastern Kentucky don't have a lot to begin with. They're, they're not a really, really um, wealthy area of the state. And they have very little to begin with, and now they have even less. Um, they lost everything. Uh, and so they need help. Um, we, we got a letter from DRT uh, this week asking if you would like to help. They are taking volunteers uh, starting yesterday. If you want to sign up, you can go to churchesofchristdrt.org. Churchesofchristdrt.org to volunteer, to register, to go down and help out. They're looking for people to come and cook meals to pass out to volunteers, to pass out to people that need it. They're looking for people to muck out houses, or you just go in and shovel mud out, tearing out drywall, uh, taking up floors, cleaning places. Um, they have a lot of teams coming in to serve, and, they've, and people just displaced. Community centers are full. Churches are full. They need people to come and just clean buildings and keep things nice for people that are staying there. Um, they need all kinds of things, and they even need data entry, which data entry is like, what's that? Well, we did some of that on our mission trip with our students, and it's where you just call local places that are sending volunteers, writing down names, uh, times when people volunteered, and just putting data into a computer. So if you can do that, they need people to do that. To do that, Power washing outside of houses, putting down new flooring, hanging and finishing drywall, all these things are something that they need and listed on their letter to us. Um, this will be an expensive effort, especially with the cost of building materials so high. So it says your financial donations, no matter how small, will help these families get back into their homes. Um, and, and keep praying for them. So if you want to donate uh, money uh, monetarily that way, or if you want to go down and serve yourself, a great opportunity to do that, you can go to churchesofchristdrt.org and help Eastern Kentucky. And so 
Yeah, I've saw pictures and I've seen the things going on down there. It's just, it's sad. I've heard stories um, and to see places that I've been and completely underwater. Some of the places in eastern Kentucky in the hollers and in the mountains are just hard to get to on a normal day. You can't, and I can't hardly imagine with eight inches of rain falling in a night how hard it was to get to some of those places, and it still is. Uh, roadways are just washed away. You can't get to certain places anymore. So please pray for those, those people, those families down there. Um, and if you want to help, if you feel called to go, you have an opportunity through DRT to go and help. Um, this leads me into my next thing I want to talk about this morning. It's our student mission trip we just got back from. Uh, we went to Kentucky. We went to the other part of the state, uh, the western part of the state. Anybody ever been to Kentucky? It's my favorite place. I love Kentucky. It's the, it's the best place. Ohio's okay. I like It's my second favorite place. You guys are here. But Kentucky, that's my home. And, and, you know, I've been all over the state. I've been all over the place, and I've seen, you know, things. But I've never been to the western part of the state. And so it was cool to get out there and see that part and take some people with me. Um, I even offered to buy some of our students some Kentucky Wildcat stuff, and they declined. But I don't know why. Um, I, I tried. But uh, we had a good time. I want to talk a little bit about our mission trip, what we went for. Uh, we went to a small place way in the bottom part of the corner of Kentucky, almost in Missouri and Tennessee, uh, where in December, right before Christmas, uh, a tornado came through, and it was a mile wide. It was on the ground for 200 miles, and it went through several states and just destroyed people's lives. And we went to a town called Mayfield, uh, Kentucky. And you can see right there on the screen behind me, that's downtown Mayfield, um, and it went right through downtown took out their fire department, their police station, their courthouse, their post office, uh, just devastating. Um, and we saw places where there was just slabs of concrete where buildings used to be. We saw holes in the ground where buildings used to be. There's still debris piled up everywhere. There's still people that are displaced. There's still people that don't have anywhere to live seven, eight months later. Um, and so we were just there in the area. We went with Praying Pelican Missions, as you see on my shirt. Uh, some of the people that went with us have these shirts on out there today. Um, Praying Pelican goes into areas, and they partner with the local churches. They're like, we're here to support you. Um, oh, Rose, you work for Praying Pelican, don't you? Yeah, you should come talk about them. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but they go in and partner with local churches, and, and they go into an area, and they don't just go and then leave, and they're gone. They go and they stay. They go and they, they make relationships. They partner with churches, and they, they make you know easier for people to go back in and continue what they've built in that week. So we went in that week. And there was another team that came in after us, and there will be more teams that go after us in the future. And they've built relationships with these churches, and they will continue to go and support and work with them. So it's a really cool ministry that they have. I love Frame Pelican. And they had people that were waiting for us there, their staff members, and they set all of our stuff up and took us, they showed us where we needed to go and set up jobs and things for the week. And it was a great trip. Um, I've been in youth ministry for, uh, I've been some, some form of youth ministry for like 10 plus years. Been going on trips and taking students places. Uh, going places, and this was the best trip I've been on. It was amazing. It was something special. Um, and so it almost didn't happen. <laughs> we were, you know, we were planning this trip for the whole year, and we're getting ready to go. We're going to Western Kentucky. We're going to help people and do debris cleanup, and, and just we're excited. And then some people got sick. Some people couldn't go. People, people had other things come up, and they just, we didn't have enough chaperones or, or drivers to go um, the Thursday before <laughs> We left Saturday morning, and Thursday morning, we're struggling to uh, make this trip happen. So I made some calls, uh, especially for a female adult chaperone. That's what I really needed. Uh, I took five teenage girls on the trip, and we needed a female adult. And so some of you might have got a text or a call uh, two days before we left asking around. But somebody stepped up. Um, 
I called Amber Carnes that afternoon, and I was like, any way you could go, or do you want to go? And she was like, oh, maybe, I'll see. And I was like, dang it. Um, <laughs> but she called back, and she agreed to go. And she wanted me to read this letter this morning um, that she wrote for me to read to you guys. And it says this, on May 8th, 2016, so is that six years ago? Yeah. John Watkins was still considered our new pastor and was preaching a series about, it's not all about John, living the 316s. On this particular date, he was preaching about 1 John 3.16, and it says this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. John had emphasized that means we have wants and we have needs that we need to set aside for other people sometimes. When I was initially asked to go to Kentucky on this trip, all I could think about was how much I had been gone already this entire summer and how I didn't know if I could get away again. I was hesitant. And as I was praying, it was the above verse that kept coming back to me. I told Cody I would go. And while that verse discusses uh, moving our wants and needs, our entire lives aside, sometimes to help others, that is our physical wants and needs. Spiritually, the trip to Kentucky was what I needed, and God knew that. I saw him show up so much that week. The way the people came together, the worship, the fellowship, and working without expectation, all for God's glory. That's somebody that went on our trip, and somebody that wasn't supposed to go on our trip, but ended up coming with us, and it ended up that she needed to be there, and that's where God wanted her to be that week, and so I had another person that came on our trip. Uh, Jim Hughes came, and he, I went on a mission trip with him to, with Alaska a few years ago when I first got here, and I was like, Jim, you want to go on a mission trip again? And I was like, I know you have a giant van to hold the students, so I'm going to need your van. Uh, so it's a joke that the only reason he came is because I just needed his van. But I, I, I love Jim. I'm glad he came with us. I told him he could come back next time if he still has his van. Um, but <laughs> he, yeah, we had a good time. It was me, Jim, and Amber. And then we took a man named Frank with us. Um, Rick Kennedy, you might know Rick from this church, has a friend named Frank from Kenton, uh, Frank Dudek. And back in the er, late spring, uh, Rick said he had a friend named Frank. And Frank was looking for some uh, service opportunities this summer, some ways to serve, serve God, serve the kingdom. And he said, well, I have, our church is having a student mission trip to Western Kentucky. You can talk to Cody. And Frank was kind of apprehensive. He's like, teenagers, I really don't know if I'd fit in or they're kind of weird sometimes. And he didn't say that, but you could tell he was thinking it. And he was like, ah. And I talked to him. I was like, well, you pray about it and, and, and think about it, and I'm sure you'll be great. And I'm sure we'd love to have you. And he called me back. A few days later, he's like, I'm going to do it. And I was like, awesome. You're going to love it, Frank. I promise. Um, but some people, you know, Frank, his wife passed away earlier this year, back in January, I think. Um, and he's been kind of going through a healing process. And we took Frank with us, and Frank needed to be there too. Frank needed us. Um, and he needed to be there. And it was cool to get to know him and hang out. He was here at first service, and he was crying and telling me how much he loved our church, how much he loved our students, and he got me. I was like, oh, Frank, calm down. Um, <laughs> but our students, we, we really loved having him with us, and he's going he's gonna to come to some of our student stuff, and he wants to give us a pizza party. He wants to come hang out and give a devotional sometime. So we really got to know him, and God put him in our lives, and, and God put us in his life, and he just loved us so much he wanted to let me know that I uh, let me let let you guys know that he loves this place and that we're doing a good job and he, he appreciates us. Um, but the trip, some of the pictures up on the screen behind us, um, there's Frank in the back of a truck. 
using a lift to move pallets of water. So we went to Western Kentucky, and we did a bunch of different things. You can see on the screen, we did warehouse work. We did sorting clothes. We did um, cleanup. You can see there where the tornado path came through those trees and just left nothing behind. Um, looks like a ghost town in some of these parts, some of these pictures. But we got to meet people. We got to talk to people. We got to pray for people. Um, we got to do cleanup. There's Marina using a sledgehammer for the first time. It was exciting. Uh, after the first two swings, I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> just walk, do this. But she got the hang of it, and she really uh, helped me out busting up that concrete um, at that house. But we got to go to people's homes. That was at a place we went to, uh, Al and Kimberly's house. And um, their house was completely destroyed by a tornado. Uh, it was built in the 1890s, but Al said he, he bought it 30 years ago, and he gutted it and redid the inside and restored it himself all by hand. And it was gone in four seconds. Um, that's the kind of stories we heard. That's the kind of things that we were uh, talking to people about. And to see them go through that and to still be, uh, you know, still be moving forward and keeping their faith and just being thankful that we were there to help them. Um, it was special to see some of these stories and see some of these people that experienced this. But we were there, and he said, the night of tornado, he's on his back porch, and it was just he's huge. He was watching it, and it kept getting, he's like, it's coming right towards us. It's coming to his house. And he saw his garage out in his backyard start to fall apart and just disintegrate, uh, and he ran inside, and him and his wife, and they, they, they survived. But their house was just gone. And so they got out, they ran across the field. This was the nighttime to his mom's house uh, a few streets down. And they couldn't get in the house. It was all tore apart, and they had to crawl through a window uh, to get her out, and they all went back, and that's when he saw his house and how it was just gone. Um, so we heard so many stories of these people putting their lives back together, and there's still people that are displaced. There's still people who don't have anywhere to go, nowhere to live, and you just see st- rows of trailers and, and down streets where people are just living that way. But some of the, we got to talk to a lot of people. That was one of the um, moving parts of our trip is talking to people that had went through things. And we were at a warehouse uh, sorting a lot of stuff, and it was really hot, but we were there, um, and we did things, and it was the distribution center for the county at their fairgrounds, so their whole fairgrounds just got taken over by volunteers and uh, aid, and just, just the, they had stuff everywhere. People donated. They had to get it out, so they had volunteers that had been there doing this, uh, doing this for them, and so we got to be there when uh, the last day they were giving stuff out to people, and they lined up out the door, and they were waiting with their, you get one trash bag to fill up, and you get to grab what you can and put in it, clothes, supplies, or whatever, and so we were there helping them come in, giving them their stuff, and then on the way out, their bags were so full, there, some of them were just too heavy to carry, so we had dollies, and our students that we had with us, um, they were putting stuff on, and they carried them to their car, and they put them in their car for them, and then they prayed for them, and it was really cool to watch uh, the growth, the uh, Gavin. <laughs> we did work, I promise. We did stuff. Uh, see, he's tired. He was <laughs> but uh, we did. A, that's one of the warehouses we cleaned out and helped them uh, move some stuff around. So I just wanted to give you guys. There's Marina. She put together those boxes, and we learned from Al how to put boxes together the right way because he used to work for UPS, and this is how you tape a box together. Right? Yeah. We know what to do now. <laughs> Apparently we didn't do it right the first time. But um, we, did a lot of, we did a lot of things. We met a lot of people. We did uh, a place called Mercy Chefs. Uh, we went and some of our students cooked and made meals. Um, 
in the afternoon, and we boxed them all up, and we gave out 200-plus meals at dinner, over 125. There's some sweet potatoes. There's Zoe. She was not happy uh, about the way that I wanted to put the butter on top of the sweet potatoes. Apparently, it has to be in line and, and look nice, but I was just like, nah, spread butter on top. Um, it drives people crazy. Uh, so we got to make food, and then we actually got to eat it. They let us eat it, so we ate there, and we made food, and then we packed it up and sent it out to organizations that had volunteers working with them, uh, people that are displaced. Uh, so we had a good time. There's Zoe and Natalie. Spent a lot of time in the kitchen. Um, we did a lot of things. There's a bunch of steak we chopped up, and they had good food. Um, we did a lot of good. But the guy that runs the place, uh, his name was Chef John. There he is right there. Um, really cool guy. Uh, he loves Jesus, and he just loves feeding people, and, and that's his way of giving back. And so he said he's been there since January. And he has done 80,000 meals since January when we've been through there. And he said, to put that in perspective, that could feed your family of four, three meals a day, every day, for 14 years, I think. So he has done a lot. And speaking of eastern Kentucky, uh, and on the weekends, he is packing up his stuff, and he's driving six hours across state so he can serve meals to people in eastern Kentucky during the flooding. So he is working. He said he worked 21 days in a row, uh, just going back and forth, and he is staying busy because um, he, you know, he loves Jesus, and he thinks that he can reach people with food and what he does. And so <clears throat> we had a great trip. Um, all the pictures up here of all the things, that was the place we stayed. We had great worship at nighttime. We were with a, another church from Wisconsin. I didn't know how to feel about Wisconsin people coming to join us, but they were really cool. Um, and, and so there were 13 of them and 12 of us, and we spent the entire week, week together. We became really good friends. Um, that's me. So... That's a Kentucky blanket that I found at a church we were helping out. We were cleaning out this church, and I was like, look at this. This is pretty. So I put it around like a cape and wore it around. Um, and then I asked, <laughs> I asked the pastor's wife, I said, can I have this? And she said, yeah, take it. And um, I put it in my car. I don't, know if she, I, don't know, I don't know if she was joking or if she was just like, oh, yeah, you can have that. And uh, I still don't know, but it's in my house. So my souvenir from the trip. Um, but yeah, they weren't Kentucky fans. I asked. They were from Florida. I was like, oh, you don't need this. Um, there's Jim. We were helping fix the sink. Uh, we just did little things like this for the community. We were at churches helping. Uh, this was the last day. We had a free time in the afternoon. We went down to Paducah, and there's Gage in the water chasing ducks. I had to yell at him to get out of the water. And I was like, what? It's the Ohio River. You don't want to be in that. Um, so we had a really good trip, and I just wanted to give you guys a glimpse of what we did, talk about what we did, thank you for supporting us, um, and it was really, it was, it was changing for me, like, you know, I, it's been a, it's been a, this year's been weird, it's been kind of long, um, had some health problems back before summer started, and just things that were going on, I'm good now, but just uh, other, other things, and, and getting stuff ready for, for student ministry, and just, just been, been kind of tired, um, just to be honest if I can be honest, um, and I was looking forward to this trip. I was like, yeah, we're going to go to Kentucky. Um, I get to show my students and the people that come with us this great place. I love Kentucky. I want to go help out. I was looking forward to the mission trip, but, you know, it got closer, and after VBS in July and getting ready for all these things, I was just tired. I don't know if you've ever been tired of, of doing what God calls you to do before. Like, yeah, I love you, God. I really do, but I just I don't feel like it right now. Um, you get to that place sometimes, and that's where I was before this trip. And the last night we were there, we were talking about our week, and, you know, everybody was t telling how their favorite parts and just that they were thankful. And I got up, and I was like, honestly, I didn't want to go on this trip. 
Like, I really didn't want to go. It was a seven-hour drive and, and long days, and, and, you know, I was just tired. But I'm so glad that we went. So glad that God put us in that position to meet the people that we did, to, to worship the way we worshiped, to be close to him the way we were that week, and to see his presence. And sometimes you just need to see God at work, and it reminds you of, you know, it's all worth it. And so you might be tired, you might be like, God, I love you, but and it's, it's okay, I've been there, um, but keep going. Uh, God will reward you, and you know, you feel refreshed. I got back from the trip, and I was telling Randy, uh, Varney, when I got back, he's like, it's just refreshing. He's like, I felt that closeness to God that I've been looking for for a little while. So um, it's okay to be tired, it's okay to, you know, uh, Galatians comes to my mind of, you know, don't ever get tired of doing what is good. Don't get weary. Um, and you, you do sometimes. So you have to remind yourself that it's worth it. And God shows up and, and shows you things. And you're just like, wow. Look at that. That's why we're here. That's why we do, that's why we do what we do. Speaking of doing what we do, um, um, moving on to my uh, sermon title. I don't have a sermon, but it's just a little devotional that I want to talk about. Past the faith. Um, I've been in student ministry for 10 plus years. I've been working with teenagers. And I love what I do. Um, why do I do it? Because I love Jesus. And I think I want to help teenagers succeed in life. I don't want them to have the best life possible. And I think Jesus is the way to do that. So I was in college. I was going into secondary education history teacher. I was going to be a history teacher. And it didn't work out. And me and God had a fight. And it was the whole thing. Um, but eventually, I got into student ministry where God called me to be in the first place. And, you know, I decided, like, if I'm going to teach kids stuff, I'm going to teach them I'm going to teach them about Jesus. I'm going to teach them because this is, I've done life without him. I've done life with him. And I think so much better with Christ, with him in your life. And so that's why I do what I do. That's why I love your kids so much. That's why I'm here at this church and I'm in student ministry. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about our ministry. There's a few changes coming up. Um, We are always looking at ways to make student ministry better, uh, to see what we can do to impact students more. To, to give them what they need. Um, and so me and Erica talk all the time at home about what we can do better, uh, different ideas that we can do because we care. We care about your kids. Um, and we want them to uh, uh, do well. And we want them to love Christ like we do. And so just some things that are coming up we think are going to make our ministry better. Um, I teach a class on Sunday mornings at 11, uh, 7th through 12th grade. And it's been really big lately, like 35 kids in there at one point. Um, just just a lot of a lot of teenagers in one room. Um, so, and so from seventh to twelfth grade, you know, I, I can I can teach that, but it'd be easier if I could teach middle schoolers a little bit differently than I do, say, eleventh and twelfth graders. So on September eleventh, we're going to start uh, our two classes each morning. Um, first service will be seventh through ninth grade students, um, and then second service will be tenth through twelfth grade students, and I'll have two different classes so that you guys uh, be aware of that. And in between, in between services, we're going to have our hangout time and our games and our announcements, and we're going to have some of our older students actually lead that time in between. And it'll be really good. I think it'll be a, um, a healthy change. I think it'll be good. And it's just, we're going to do it September, October, and then reevaluate. Be like, is this going well? Is this something that works? And then if it's not, then I'll think of something else to do um, that will work. But just know that we are always working to make this ministry better. And we do things like this. And then Collide's been really good. That's our Sunday night program. Um, a lot of volunteers, a lot of 
growth, uh, small group time is really good. Uh, we break off into small groups by age and gender and talk about stuff that uh, needs to be talked about and discuss things and hang out. Um, but I thought, you know, growing my volunteer team, maybe somebody's interested in helping in the youth ministry or in, in, in what we do, but they're kind of, you know, don't want to be teaching a small group or leading a, a Bible study or, you know, really that. But there's other ways that you guys can serve. And so what I've done is I've put together, I'm going to put together a meal team uh, for Collide. So I already had a bunch of people express interest in this where just a light meal on Sunday nights for our kids um, and our volunteers. So at 5.30 to 6 will be meal time. And you can come and have dinner with us and we can eat together and hang out. Um, and if you want to help in that way, that's really will serve our ministry also. You want to serve in students, uh, student ministry, you can volunteer to make a meal once in a while. Um, bring it in and serve it and get to know some of our students. Maybe stick around and play some nine square even. Who knows? Um, it'll be fun. Uh, but uh, So those are some upcoming things, and I'll be announcing those. If you have a 7th through 12th grader um, and you want to know more about youth ministry and you're kind of out of the loop, join our hubs. Um, make sure I get your email, and I can invite you to hubs. And it's an app, and it's also on web browser. It's calendar, uh, announcements, all the upcoming things that we do, uh, cancellations, changes, information that you need. It'll all be on hubs. Um, so if you want that, please let me have your email, and I will invite you. Um, so, yeah, I care about students, and I love doing what I do. Uh, passing the faith is something I just wanted to mention this morning real quick, a short devotional. Um, pass the faith. Generation to generation, we have to keep passing on our faith to our kids, to our students, to those that we love. And so the verse that I have on the next slide is Psalm 145, verse 4. It says, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. And um, this is David writing, and he's writing about God. He says, our genera- generation commends your works. They talk about, you, talk about you, God, to each other, and they talk about how awesome you are. Talk about your mighty acts and your, and your good deeds and your works and how amazing you are, God. And so that's, that's what they did. They they passed it from generation to generation, and they kept the faith going. They kept talking about God and how what he had done in their lives, what he had done for them. Um, and so, you know, you might pass things down in your family, like heirlooms and things like that. Anybody got, like, something special you're going to pass to your kids, or you, like, have this thing that you like, and you're like, I really want my kids to have this. My mom was talking about passing me down, like, some Christmas ornaments. I was like, I, okay, I'll take them. I don't know. But, and, and you pass on different things. Uh, Kentucky, or Timmy likes the Kentucky Wildcats, thankfully, because I raised him that way. <laughs> um, and so sometimes I'll test him. be like, going to watch the Buckeyes today? He's like, no, we're not going to watch the Buckeyes today. We're going to watch the Cats. Um, and so with, they, were, they were actually playing some, anyway, never mind. Eden was walking, Eden was walking around the yard today going, the Cats are playing tonight. The cats, and she was singing a song about it. I was like, that's my girl. Um, but like, you know, we pass on different things to our families and to our kids, things that we want them to know. But what's more important than passing on to them the love of Christ and how he loves them and how, what God's done in our lives and what God does for you. And I know we want our kids to love Jesus. At least I hope so. Um, I know I want your kids to love Jesus. Some of the things that we think that, you know, are myths or things that we hear maybe, um, Things that don't happen. This doesn't happen. Your kids don't love Jesus just because you love Jesus. You might think, oh, they live in the same house as me, and they're around me all the time. I love Jesus. They're automatically going to love Jesus, too, just because they're around by osmosis. Like, they just suck it in. You know, like, that, that's not how it works. That's not how it goes. Um, and even if, that, even if that's, your, that's, your, that's your thing that you think, you know, 
What about the times you mess up? Because we all mess up. We make mistakes. Like the things you, your kids see you do that you really wish they hadn't seen you do. You lost your temper or you said this or you did this thing. You're like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But your kids see that. So you can't just rely on, I love Jesus and they see that, so they're going to love Jesus too. That's not, that's not good enough. Um, it's good that you love Jesus. We have to be more intentional about these things. Um, and the other thing we think is it's the church's job to make sure my kid loves Jesus. Um, it's Laura's job, or it's my job, or it's John's job that, you know, we're supposed to be the ones to make sure your kid knows who Jesus is. Um, like, I, would, I love telling your kids about Christ. I love teaching them. I love showing them these different things, but it starts in your home. It starts with you. You're the one that's around them all the time. You and your family, whether you're a grandparent, you're a parent, you're a family member, you see these kids, these students, much more than I do. Well, I get like Three hours a week, maybe, uh, if that, with, with, your, with your students. Um, and I, I go to their games, I go to these activities, and I see them here and there. But you're they're with their family so much more. And so it's not just our job as the church to, to make sure your kids love Jesus, but it has to be intentional at the house. If you know enough about, you know, you, maybe you're like, well, I don't really know if I know good enough to teach about Jesus to my kids. Um, if you love Jesus and you know the gospel, then you know enough. Um, I guarantee you, you can have conversations, you can talk about it, and you can talk about what Jesus has done in your life. Have those conversations. It's hard sometimes, but we need to have conversations about this in our house, in our family time. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're not that close to Jesus. Maybe you're thinking, well, I can't really, my kids aren't going to know Jesus because I'm not that close myself. Maybe that's something we should work on. What do you think? Um, make this today be like, I need to work on how close I am with Christ, so that my kids will know who he is. Um, make an effort. Make it intentional. The other thing is, it's, it's, sometimes we think it's not worth the effort right now. Teenagers are crazy. Uh, they're rebellious. They don't like to do what they're told sometimes. They're kind of weird. Uh, they do strange things, like dance in front of a camera and then post it on things, and something called TikTok. Nice dance, Alex. I like that. <laughs> but, you know, it's worth it to have these conversations, to talk about it, just to continue to instill what Jesus wants us to in their lives, to be like, this is what Jesus says, this is what God wants for you. And sometimes they're going to fail. Sometimes they're going to mess up. That's okay. We mess up. I mess up. We all fail. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. And your kids are going to also. But how do you respond to that? How do you, how do you respond? Um, Jesus talks, tells us to respond with love and with grace and knowing that we're going to mess up. And it, it's still worth it to keep trying. It's still worth it to continue to teach, continue to have conversations. Um, and so those are things that parents can do. You can, you can be more intentional. You can pray. Uh, we talk, tell, tell you to pray all the time. Um, praying's good, but what are you praying for? Uh, how are you praying? Are you praying with them? Are you praying for specific things like, you know, uh, play, pray, pray they have a good day and they have blessings and they have protection, but also... Pray that they grow in wisdom. They grow closer to Jesus. They apply these things that they learn. Um, pray that they would experience Christ in these different ways. Pray for their friendships, who they hang out with, where they're going. Pray for the future people that they're going to meet and what they're gonna, where they're going to go. Um, be intentional with your prayers. Don't just pray just because you're supposed to or, or things like that, but be intentional. Um, be like, I'm going to pray for my kid in this way every day, for these specific things. Um, and we see Paul do that with Timothy in the New Testament where Paul prays for a bunch of people all the time and he specifically prays for Timothy to keep going. And Timothy's a good example of, 
you know, raising up in a, a Christian home. His grandmother and his mother raised him, and they shared their faith with him. And then what did Timothy do with that? Well, he met Paul, and Paul taught him some more. And then Timothy's out there talking to churches and helping Paul on his journey. And you can never know what's going to happen. You, you have to start in the home. You have to start with your family. You have to start with being intentional about passing on your faith, passing it down. And then maybe talking to the larger community of the church in general right now, we have a lot of students. We have a lot of teenagers in this church. We have a lot of kids in this church. Um, are you intentional about getting to know them? Uh, I don't want the youth ministry to be just this room back here that we have for teenagers or we do these things over here and you hear about it sometimes. Talk to them yourself. Ask them about the mission trip. Ask them how Kalad's going. Ask them what they're learning about. Ask them how life's going. Talk about sports. Um, ask people how football games went or soccer games or all these other things that our students are involved in. Um, you can do that. You can get to know one of their names. You can be like, what's your name? And, and a little bit about this student. And then don't just do it because I told you to. Don't just be like, well, Cody says I have to go hide with a teenager, so I'm going to go talk to this person. Do it because you want to. Do it because you want to get to know them and you want to be able to pray for them and support them in the things that they do. It's really important, super important, that the, the passing our faith in the family but also passing it on in the church realize that more likely that people will stick around if they feel wanted, if they feel loved, if they feel like people care about them. And that's why I say don't just do it because I told you to, but do it because you actually care about the student, about the, about the person. Um, so that's, that's just some things that parents can do and our, our, us as a church can do. In passing the faith, it sounds like, you know, I thought about this yesterday as I was thinking about what I was talking about, past the faith, and we talk about, well, we want the future generations of our church to know who Jesus is, yeah? We want the future to be good for the church. We want people to continue to keep coming to church, but passing the faith, not just for the future, but passing it for right now. Um, I tell my students this all the time that, you know, you don't have to wait until you're out of the youth ministry to be a part of this church or do things for God. God uses people all the time, and he do, wants to do amazing things through you right now. doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you could be fourth grade. You could be um, uh, in high school. You could be older. You could be, uh, you know, whatever age you are, God wants to do things through you, do amazing things through you. So pass on the faith through our church, um, through generations. Keep talking about what Jesus has done in your life. That's all it is. You might think it's hard. How am I supposed to pass on my faith? And you know, I might not know enough myself. It's okay. It, it's just, you know who Jesus is. You love Christ. Talk about him. Talk about what he's done in your life. Be like, well, I had this, this happened to me, and this is how Jesus showed up, or this is how God used this in this situation, and, and people will learn from what you've been through. That's what I do. And it's, it's, it's not as difficult as we make it, or we think it is in our heads, to get out of our comfort zone a little bit, um, ask about their life, ask about what's going on. Um, but it's super important that we learn how to pass on our faith. We pass it on um, and continue to make it a priority. So Wes is going to come back up and play a song. Um, well, not just Wes. Other people are going to come play songs and sing too. Um, <laughs> but thank you for letting me talk this morning. I had a lot of stuff to say. Thank you for listening about our trip and our student ministry. And all this to say, just thank you for supporting me and Erica, we've been here. It's my fourth Rush Church picnic. We've been over here over three years since we showed up. And you guys have loved us and accepted us. And thank you for 
letting me have the opportunity to talk to your kids and talk to your teenagers and pour into their life and support them. Um, so thank you very much, and I'm going to pray, and you guys can sing this last song. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for just letting me speak. Um, thank you for Jesus, all things possible through him, all this, uh, being able to come up here and talk about what you've done in our lives, about how important it is to keep talking about you, keep talking about your love and your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy and all the good things that you are. <laughs> Help us to keep passing the faith down. Let us be intentional about it in our families. Let us talk about you. Let us discuss you. Let us want to grow closer to you. And I thank you for Christ once again and the love and the grace that you gave through him on the cross. And we didn't deserve, but you loved us so much. You just did it anyway because you want to be with us. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and join us?
check your bulletins. There's so many announcements, lots of stuff happening. Go read those. Remind yourself. Um, tents next Saturday, 9 o'clock, if you want to help. Need tents. Uh, let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. I uh, just thank you for who you are once again. Thank you for this church and this place that we can come and just love you and worship you and praise you. Thank you for Jesus and his name we pray. Amen. of it.